I'm drinking a um, tequila. Are you really? Yeah. No, I just bought. Why is that, why is that so crazy? Well, because I just rediscovered tequila. Go on. I, my, you know, my relationship with with tequila had always been shots. You right. know, you you go to a bar and you have, you know, just just get wrecked, um, and and I didn't know it could actually be good. Right. Um, so I got a bottle of what's the what's the what's the good the Patron. I got a bottle of the Silver Patron. Um, and that's what you're drinking tonight. I'm not drinking it tonight. We had it the other night. I'm drinking this awesome beer from Burlington called Foam. Ooh, Foam, uh, Foam Brewers. What yeah. is it? An IPA or it's no? Well, it's a it's an ale, but it's a low percentage one. But it tastes like it's like really not a low percentage one. It tastes right. like a real real beer. Ooh, but it's only great. like four and a half percent, so you can like drink many of them. Well, um, happy birthday! Thank you. When is it? Thank you. Tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. I mean, yeah. what a happy time to be celebrating your birthday. <laughs> How dare you have a birthday right now? You're disgusting. It's poor. I it's it it's unseemly. It's offensive actually is what it is. We should you just know? get into it. You know, it's it's gross. It's gross. This is No Politics at the Dinner Table. I'm Tony Biacasino and I'm Amit Prakash. And today we are um, going to join the sadness of the world, and especially America, and talk about race and policing. Yeah, it is uh, a necessary, unfortunate conversation that has to be had. Gotta do it. Let's do it. Uh, Well, I would normally want to start by just laughing and having a good time right. and drinking and talking about your birthday tomorrow and uh man it's it's just not a good time to celebrate i, I mean you, no i had my birthday during quarantine mm-hmm. and it was just whatever it's not that bad as quarantine but like your birthday's tomorrow and and the country is burning down <laughs> yeah i mean th- Look, I, I, my family's done all these amazing things for me already uh, for my birthday. So that's nice. It's very, it's great. I mean, it's awesome. Uh, but, but really, it, it's so minor, right? You know, I mean, the yeah. Every, I feel like everything that we think about right now, even the, you know, even the pandemic, right? That these protests that are happening, there's tons of people in the streets, masked and unmasked, certainly in close quarters. Um. And in other contexts, I would have said, you know, this is terrible. There's a pandemic on, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to become super spreaders or whatever. Um, in this case, don't care. Yeah. Do not care. Um, because the protests are completely legitimate. Um, and more people in the streets, the better. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Um, uh, how do we even start this? One it's off? it's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. So I was I've been I was brooding over this yesterday. Like how yeah. do how do we how do we even talk about this? It's it's difficult. Um, and there's already so much, and it's all anybody's talking about. So what I wanted to do is just give a little bit of of perspective and context to this conversation. It's it's probably things that people kind of know almost instinctually and you know just just by living here these days um but just a couple let's just go through some stats all right i just want to go through some stats here um 
for the past 10 years, on average, the cops kill about 1,100 people a year. And the most uh, sort of credible source in the most recent year was 2017, and that was 1,147 people killed by the police. Um, of those, 149 were unarmed. Okay, And then of those, 83 of those 149 were black or Hispanic, so 56%. Right. Okay, So that's one thing, all right? So average of 1,100 a year and you know ballpark about 10% of those are unarmed people who were just straight out killed by the police. Right. And then of those people, mostly black or Hispanic, or a serious overrepresentation of black and Hispanic people. The other thing... Um, is that the National Academy of Sciences did a study, and they found that black men have a one in a 1,000 chance of being killed in an encounter with the police. So let's put that in perspective. At the height of stop and frisk in New York in in 2011, there was 685,000 people stopped, and of those, 87% were black and Hispanic. Like think about those numbers, one in a thousand, and then you've got six hundred eighty-five thousand. Like that—that that fear that must be there, constantly, oh it's like oppressive, right? So the basic thing that I want to pose for us to like talk about—it's—it's—it's it's, it's really hard—is uh, just why. Uh, why is this happening? Yeah, you know, I—I don't—I don't think I have great answers. Um. What do you think? What? Why do you? Why? Why is there this uh, targeting and manhunting of black people? Ugh, I mean, it's obviously so complicated, and I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to tackle this, you know, without a lot of preparation, just based off pure emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm going to try to think about what I'm going to say just because I think it's one of those subjects that you can say really dumb stuff. Um, and it's, and that's part of the fear of talking about it is, you know, you could really show some, uh, hidden biases and, mm-hmm. and, um, things you don't even realize are within you. But if I had to really boil it down to the most simple explanation, it's that we've never really apologize for the oppression and and for the treatment of African Americans in this country. I mean, we've we've passed over the hard part, which is let's all stop and and really think about what we've done. Right? Though even the way they teach it in school, like you learn about Martin Luther King, you learn about civil rights, but you don't learn about you don't really learn about the horrible people behind civil rights. I mean, we still have Confederate um, statues. I live in New Orleans. There's Lee's Circle that's a mile from my house. Um, so you can't possibly progress while you're still celebrating the oppression, the oppressors. So that's one. Two, um, I think that racism is one of those things in this country that you don't realize that it's being passed from generation to generation because racism is like, it's like, um, there are different levels. There's like the flat out KKK white supremacist, but there's just like the simplest 
bias that you don't even realize that is within you because when you were a kid, you had cousins that maybe told you race, racist jokes along with other jokes. Mm -hmm. But those little seemingly at the time harmless things, they put a you know specific people into a category of butt of the joke. And that that lives within you. And as you you grow up and you don't really analyze what that was, if you don't actually go within to analyze like, oh my God, that was actually horrible. Right, <laughs> like, right. like those things that people laughed at when you were a kid or, you know, even like in, if you watch, you can't watch an eighties and, and early nineties movie without hearing the N word in it. I mean, it was just one of those things that even in written, you know, fictional things, it was just part of the, it was just part of the language. Um, that's changed a little bit lately, but you know, the idea that, um, we've gotten past a point of blacks are lesser than whites in this country is laughable. Um, it's obviously way more complicated than that, but I, I also think a really big factor here is um, the police are too powerful in this country. Mm -hmm. um, the police union is, is maybe the biggest union and, and if not one of the biggest unions and every politician is terrified to stand up to them. I mean, even Obama with the, the beer summit. I mean, it, it's always this, we have to tiptoe around. We always have to remind everyone there's good cops. We have to remind everybody, hey, these co this cop just killed someone. You know, not all cops are like that. Mm -hmm. You know, shit. Like, why do we have to keep saying that? It's beating around the bush. Like, one bad cop is a death, right? One bad uh, teacher is just like a kid that fails out, and but lives. Um, and we just beat around this, like, horrible bush that's like... Uh, this justification that one bad apple doesn't ruin the whole entire bushel, mm -hmm. which is bullshit. It does. Like it, it does. It, it stains the whole force. And until somebody stands up and we figure out what, and, and by the way, I have no idea what the solution is, but it definitely is going to have to start with um, education and, 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 and politicians drawing up some sort of reform. Right. Yeah, I mean, so you said a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, I might have gone on too long, but I just, it's uh, all just, you know, yeah, I don't know. No, so I mean, for look, hour. look, it's so it's interesting that you said that, you know, the, the idea that racism is over in this country is is laughable um, because the Supreme Court of the land says it's over. Right? right. That that they've gutted the Voting Rights Act since I think it's 2014. Um and basically declared that that racism, you know, structurally is is over in this country, which is just it's kind of obscene. Right there. And they're kind of setting the agenda there. So there's there's also what I'm interested in is like, how does racism like what you're pointing out is, is really important. But the sort of everyday pickup of it. Right. Yeah. Those little like dribs and drabs where you just kind of it becomes part of your outlook but then how does it become a system of oppression that's reproduced, right? That's, that's what is, I think, the big question, right? That, what do you mean? So, so forever people have like hated each other and like thought other people were less than or you know, in group and out group and we don't like those people because they're not like us or maybe they're too like us or whatever it is, right? Um, but, but the big difference with racism as a system 
is that it, it sets up societal norms and a legal architecture to ensure that that system is reproduced, right? So that, that it's a, a sort of inheritable social system uh, that, that creates an order that is rigid. You know, if you're born into this, you know, there's a life horizon that you can hit and that's it. How does that get reproduced? And so one thing I always think about is like in American history, when we think of the era that we're living in, we're living in the weird era where racism's a bad thing or supposedly a bad thing, right? right? For, for most of American history, racism was A-OK, uh, you know, enshrined in all sorts of laws and then promoted by the most powerful people um, uh, high and low in all, all ranks of society. And only since 1965, you know, when you get things like the Voting Rights Act and the Civil right. Rights Act and all that stuff that we say, oh, yeah, finally, you know, we're, 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 we're a sort of non-official racist society. So the weird thing is, like, I feel like we had a small window. We had a small window from like the 70s to like the early 2000s where racism was considered a terrible thing right that it was it was like morally reprehensible and like and if you are racist you know you should keep it to yourself that sort of thing but the way it was sort of kept alive was in governance like how the society is actually governed and one of the ways that it's governed is the police right you know like that's like that's i always think about this like government like what is the government <laughs> you know like like what is the state and and for most people, your interface with the state is a cop. Like, they're like the embodiment of the state. Like, you, you, there's all these other, you know, you, you go to D.C. or whatever, you see buildings and this, and, and like, okay, that's state power, like, it's monumental and all that. But on the day-to-day, -day, what is the state? It's a cop, right? That they're, they're, they are enforcing the law for you. And, and so one thing, I don't know, I'm like fumbling towards an explanation, but, but one thing that I think about is that, in, in America, like the history of the police is really distinct. Mm -hmm. um, because in the, so there's like three strands of it. In the Northeast, you had like night watches in like the 18th century and the early 19th century and like the, like the night watch patrol and stuff like that. Um, in the West, you had like frontier vigilantism, right? That sort of cowboy culture that, you know, would just sort of, yes. you, know, you know, that sort of thing. Take on the Indians. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and also just sort of kind of take what you, what you are. Whoever has the most guns is the law, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and then in the South, you have the slave patrol. And, and the slave patrol is basically for slave catching. And so walking while black has always been, since the birth of the United States, effectively a crime. Right? Wow. Or it's been sort of seen as that. And so when you think about those th different strands... You know, Night Watchmen, we got like George Z Zimmerman, you know, that kind of vibe, right? Um, and, and the sort of, the, and, and even with the frontier, like Trayvon Martin was like the new frontier, right? They don't have to like control people in, uh, of uh, borders anymore, but rather it's people crossing these invisible borders. Like, why are you here, right? Why are you in this neighborhood? Ahmaud Arbery, why are you running in this neighborhood, right? So it's like a new manifestation of that. And then, of course, the slave patrol. So it's like all fused now. Like those three strands are all fused. And that's like how the police are governing. And it's all like mediated by racism. Right. And that's like right. the way it lives on. So it's 
I don't know. It's sickening. I, I, it's, it's, it's horrible, but I don't know. That's really interesting. I mean, I've never really heard that perspective before. It's like, I was just, I was just doing a, a book on tape. Um, and, uh, it was about the, uh, the Comanche Indians mm-hmm. and, it, and a big portion of it was, um, the Texas Rangers and literally the, the the Texas Rangers literally were formed by outlaw drunk psychopaths yeah. that learned how to kill Indians. Right. And they were just like by the government, like let those guys go. They, they kill Indians and the Ind- these Indians are savages and they can do whatever they want. Um, Texas Rangers now are like Texas Rangers, right. like the, the, the big, big, awesome cops down there. But I've never really thought about that perspective that, you know, the slave catchers and the night watch. Um, you know, I always talk about when I'm, when I'm, when I'm discussing like police brutality, I, there is a little, there's this really, and now's not the time to care about the cops right now because I, I don't, yeah. but there is this, um, there's this little tiny piece I reserve um, for some of the cops and I'll, exp- I'll explain. Mm-hmm. A lot of these cops are put into these neighborhoods without proper training. The system's not the system doesn't work for them either. They're put in with without proper training. I mean it it, it only takes it takes less than a, a half a year or or half of a year to become a cop. That's kind of crazy thinking that you walk around with a gun and you are the law of the land. I mean, lawyers go to school for 4 years. Cops who are uh, applying the law and and potentially ruining your life go to school for 6 months. Right. I might be wrong on that time, but it's not, it's, it's not long. It's less than a year. Okay. Right. It's Whatever for, it is. around, you know, there's, there, that's the thing is like each department, there's so much fragmentation. Right. And there's a so, lot of variation, but less than a year. So you got that. The second, um, if you made me a cop tomorrow and you put me into pick your city, worst neighborhood, black or white. No, you know what? Put me in the black neighborhood as a white guy. I'm in this neighborhood where I'm fighting, you know, every day I'm seeing, poverty Mm -hmm. i'm seeing the worst parts of you know what we don't like to show the rest of the world about america um after a year or two i think becoming uh desensitized is a real thing i think that being put into situations where the only thing you're doing is concentrating on quote-unquote criminals drug dealers people um you know, because you're put into a specific area where it's gang infested or drug infested. I think after a while, you should be pulled in and out of those to check where you are mentally. Because the second you cross the line where you're no longer looking at them like they're equal citizens, you become capable of killing. And I think that's a real problem. And and I think a lot of these cops, some of them are just pieces of shit murderers, but I, I do think there's a real thing. And I've I've had this conversation with cops not that they've said like I've roughed someone up, but the cop defense is always, you know, these situations are tough. If you were put into this right, thing right. every single day, you might, and then you have people screaming and there's cameras in your face. You may react that way, which I'm not defending any cop here. I just want to throw that other side there right. and say that I think the actual institution of the police force in itself is also flawed because they're not trained properly and there's no checks and balances. I mean, cops don't like have to go through six months psychiatric, you know, 
um, update, not updates. What do you call it? Like check ins or check ins. Yeah, yeah. So just say, how are you feeling? Yeah. Did you, did, were, were you ever out there? Um, and, and, and you're not going to get fired for saying this, but was there a time where you, you, you didn't do anything, but you thought about how much you hated somebody you pulled over? See, I mean, what you're, what you, <laughs> look, it's because most cops, I mean, dude, I, it, I'm in the car every day. I hate people. It, yeah, it, I hated this guy. He's a piece of shit. I, I want to punch him in his face. We should talk about that. Why yeah. didn't you? I mean, it's, what you're talking about makes a lot of sense. It's also the antithesis of cop culture, which is like talking about of your feelings, course. you know? That's uh, the problem. You know, so so I I mean you're right, obviously, but 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 there's there's a huge kind of I guess like this kind of masculinity, militarized masculinity going on in, in with, with cops where anybody who's like, Oh yeah, I felt bad about doing this today, uh, would 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 hear it from you know the rank and For file, sure. right? I I agree. So one which thi- is a problem. Yeah, yeah. One thing that since you brought it up, um, it brings to mind um, training, and so one of the biggest trainers, actually the most popular trainer for cops in America, is this uh, former Army Lieutenant Colonel named David Grossman, um, and he's got something called Warrior Training. Oh God. Um, the the guy who killed and I'm I'm forgetting his name but the guy who killed Philando Castile yes. had had his training and Philando Castile of course is also from the St Paul Minneapolis area Castile was the was the young man who was sitting buckled yeah. in the front seat of his car did not shot in front of his girlfriend yep. and child yep yep oh horrible yeah yeah um, the guy and the cop got off um, so so Grossman I just want to play you a short clip. Um, and this is from an interesting movie uh, called Do Not Resist, which is about cops in America. And it's a, like it's a, a fictional cl- movie? Or no, or it's a documentary. It's a documentary okay. on policing. Um, and, and, and somehow they got, like, I don't know how they got this camera. I think the guy actually who made the movie is a son of a cop. And so he got all this access thinking that, uh, I think the people who gave him access thought that he would have a very sort of charitable representation of what they were doing and it was not so let me play this clip and this is this is from one of the training seminars that thousands upon thousands of cops around this country from nypd to the lapd to all the way in minneapolis have taken all right the policeman is the man of the city heard of the mountain man the frontiersman nobody talked about frontiersmen anymore we still talk about policemen you are to your city, your county, your state, but the frontiersman was the frontier. You fight violence. What do you fight it with? Superior violence. Righteous violence, eh? Violence is your tool. Violence is your enemy. Violence is the realm we operate in. You are men and women of violence. You must master it or it will destroy you, yeah? Well, I've been on the road for 18 years. People know me. They trust me. I get a depth of information. I ask questions other people won't ask. Cop says, knock down, drag out, fight, cuff them and stuff them. Finally get home at the end of the ship and... Cop says, gunfight, bad guys down. I'm alive. Finally get home at the end of the incident and they all say, the best sex I've had in months. 
Both partners are very invested in some very intense sex. But there's not a whole lot of perks that come with this job. You find one, relax, and enjoy it. <laughs> Thoughts? No. I mean, I, I, it, it is. That's disgusting. This guy's upheld as probably the greatest police trainer um, in America. So in Minneapolis, the city hall actually banned that training post Philando Castile. But then the police union balked at that and they offered private payment to do the training so the training is still going on it's just worked around the sort of public funding of it right so he's 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 got a machine that goes around the country and offers this warrior training he's got this other thing called killology which is basically how to kill people without it ruining your mind um and and this guy is heralded right i mean he is really looked up to um by by police departments across the country. So that's another, I mean, so in terms of training, they're getting training, but it's a very specific type of training that they're getting, uh, which basically creates the idea that the population is just that. It's like a population of, uh, you know, numbers of people, all potential enemies of them who are warriors, right? That they're not police, but they're in a war. Yep. Um, and therefore, you know, when they go into a neighborhood that, but for their job, they probably would never go into, they, they act like this occupying force and all that. I mean, you look at these videos of these cops that are like confronting the protesters and they just start swinging away with those fucking billy clubs and they, they start spraying and rubber bullets. I mean, they, they're now, they're now arresting and shooting with rubber bullets reporters yeah. cnn yeah. Uh, a cnn reporter was just handcuffed on air and another local uh, minneapolis reporter they, they just shot rubber bullets over her. and shot yeah. rubber bullets at her head like that's where we've gotten where there's just it's like us versus them and i just i don't get it i i, I cannot fathom a world where if I'm a cop and, and protesters there, I don't talk. And I just say, let's talk. I, like you see a couple videos going around of like cops going, yeah, that was murder. Mm -hmm. And, and when you watch these videos, all of the protesters are shouting and then they calm down and they're like, wait, say that again. You get it. Oh my God. And then it's a conversation, but this, like you even have people on Fox news, Rush Limbaugh, who's the devil called this murder. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised by that, actually. I thought they'd, I thought they'd figure out a way to, you know. No, this one was, um, this, I mean, Castro was cuffed in his seat and shot and murdered. Uh, and I don't know how we didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Eric Garner, one, too, you know, Eric Garner was just horrible. choked to death, you choked know, to death. just screaming for his life. There was something about this video with that cop with, what looks like his hand in his pocket. And yeah. Just blank stare. Oh, not even looking down. Yeah. That was just sociopathic, sociopathic. And it just dug deep. And even, even the sociopaths on Fox news and the far, far, far right wing pundits are, it was, it even got to them. How do you, if you want to go into Trump now, 
as the president of the United States, you have your, your mouthpieces calling for murder. How did you not get on a plane and go to Minnesota? Oh, he doesn't care enough about that. He doesn't give a no, shit. No, he doesn't care. Uh, he doesn't give a shit. No, he, he is a divider. He, it is disgusting. Well, he's going to, you know, you. this is going to be a way to kind of garner the law and order votes, right? But that, a, the same the you, Nixon kind of thing. Um, yeah, but when you have Rush Limbaugh and you have multiple Fox News anchors coming out saying, you know, Rush Limbaugh's thing, he, he had this whole quote. It's like, you guys know I'm the first to defend the police, but this was murder. And it's like, yeah, dude, dude you're that you just lost half of of this crazy right wing um, army that you have because there are other leaders who are Sean. I don't know what Sean Hannity's saying, but Limbaugh and, and that crazy ex judge that's on fucking oh you know, Janine Pirro, yeah, who, yeah, yeah, who who said his murder? I mean, it's like this a, a, a world a world pandemic couldn't unite us. Maybe this guy's death can somehow unite us it seems like most people are showing up for this yeah i mean but what you were saying is is key though right the way they're treating the protesters of police brutality are facing police brutality right you know i mean there's there's the paradox and 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 they and by by they i mean the right wing both politicians and, and their media establishment uh, are basically saying, oh, well, why don't they protest gently? You know, that, that they, they, they should protest in a civilized manner and so on, right? And, yes. and, and that's, at, at this point, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of split on this. I, I completely understand the, the drive to, you know, like when they torch that, police station in, yeah. in in Minneapolis like I get it I 100% get it um, in this context I like I, I that's the thing it's like in this context like it you almost need the vent to the rage you need the images I mean I'm with you uh, you, you see the looting and you see these which I think are a small fraction of course but that's what the the media wants to show and a lot of those are white, by the way. Yeah. There's been a ton of white, little white boys in there smashing windows and stealing right. shit. There's some sketchy stuff with There's that. There's some sketchy right. shit going right. on. Um, I feel like if police were killing Italians, there'd be cars getting blown up. Like, I, I, I think I, right now I'm, I'm, I'm an Italian white guy. So I, I, I look at him like, ah, you guys shouldn't be looting. But if it were Italians being targeted by cops... I think we, I would be like, fuck that shit, burn that place down, like, like burn the cop cars, like go. So I, I'm not going to judge that. I don't that, like, like your position. I don't care right now about that. Yeah. I, I do think I would like it to. I love the protests. I love the people marching. I love the stopping traffic. I love all of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to keep seeing businesses burnt to the ground. I mean that. That to me is it. it it makes me feel sick for everybody. I think, and I do think at some point it could become counterproductive to the movement. But when you had this cop not arrested right away, well, what they, else are you supposed to do, man? I, I mean, you got to throw some bricks through some I, windows. I you got to some cars. They, on fire. they arrested the CNN reporter before they arrested the cop. Exactly. 
Um, and, and there's been more protesters arrested than police. So those other cops that were sitting there watching yeah. were not arrested. How were they not accomplices? I mean, so, it's... you know, I mean, what else are these people supposed to do? I mean, marching, they try, they've tried the peaceful protest. I mean, Colin Kaepernick got kicked out of the NFL for kneeling, right. for, for just gently kneeling during national anthem and the, and white people went fucking berserk mm-hmm. on this guy. Now, you know, that didn't work. It did not work. You guys crucified this man for peacefully protesting. Now there's targets getting burnt down. And, and it seems like maybe we have your attention. I don't know. Yeah. My, my fear is that this just goes away. Well, my fear is actually like it always does. That, that the, the backlash and the, the, the repression that's going to come from the state, and it's going to come, is going to be really harsh. What do you mean? What do you well, mean? they've already mobilized the National Guard. Oh, there's a curfew. Uh, and, well, they've, they've set the curfew, they've mobilized the National Guard, and now Trump has brought in the military, and then there's now reports that the NSA is wiretapping people's phones in in uh, in Minnesota. Thank you, Bush. Yeah. Thank you, Obama. Yeah, right? So, so, you know, there there's a lot of power there, you know, that there's going to bring to bear to crush this. Um and so I, I worry about that, you know, like that, that, that these, these are righteous protests, right? They're, they're on the right side. Um, but, but they, I fear for the people actually, you know, that, 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 that they are going to catch hell um, by what's going to come at them to repress this thing. So that's, that's, that's my worry. But they don't really have a choice. But uh, yeah, I know exactly. There's like no at, at this, that's the thing is like, why do people burn down stuff? Because they got nothing else to lose, right? I mean, that's that's that's. Well, and it's also a symbol of burning down the institution that's holding them down. And that's been the powerful thing for me is to just read up and 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 watch interviews with some of the, um, some of the prominent black leaders. Um, even old Martin Luther King speeches when they talk about looting and they talk about burning things down and, and you see a perspective when you when you see the philosophical point of it all it's it's really not about stealing the fucking TV and you're yeah. gonna have a couple morons that walk out of the flat screen that's not what it's about that's a that's that's like saying uh, you know a couple bad cops <laughs> right most of the protesters are good okay um, and it's about we have nothing left and we need to take down the institutions that are supporting the police force. Yeah. And that's big. That's big. That's target. That's big industry. That's, um, it's kind of everybody that's not stepping up to support this movement, which is just equal fucking rights. I mean, Jesus Christ, what the hell do we have to do? It's crazy. Really frustrating. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I feel my heart goes out to everybody involved with this and I just uh you know I mean if you can't if you can't go out and protest I mean we're also in a pandemic like protesting is dangerous yeah <laughs> yeah it's horrible yeah so I don't know I mean if you can donate to colors of change or a, or a you know Lee Merritt or Sean King's or, or even Obama.org get on there and, and help out somehow yeah I mean I was going through I mean the list of names is just numbing Right from and and this is just a short li- from Trayvon on you know oh, it's it's I, it's I just it's like it's horrible it's absolutely horrible. Thank God for these phones. We always bitch about these phones. I always bitch about these mm-hmm. phones. But like, this is not new. 
This is what this is what minorities have been screaming about and, and accusing police of forever. And um, now there's actually just proof. And, and, and unfortunately, the proof isn't even enough anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's these guys are still walking around and, and getting off with with video evidence. I mean, that just shows you the power of the police force. And honestly, in this country, any any entity in this country that has that much power is unsafe for all of us. It's completely unsafe. The the police. So in the what you're talking about during the time from the '60s, right? That you know, Malcolm X was talking about this. Yeah. Uh, King was talking about. It, and a lot of people were talking about this. Um, in '67, the the Supreme Court had a case where they came up with this thing called qualified immunity, where basically the cops, they, you know, they can't do whatever they want, right? So, but they can do whatever they want so long as there hasn't been a previous court case saying that they didn't do they can't do that so what that means <laughs> is that as long as they do something just so right in like their own original way um it's it's it is immunity right, right? so so you can get away with almost anything so long as you're not copycatting something that was done before and that there was a, a court record about that and it's been judged against that, you know, so, so, you know, like it's, there's just so much latitude with, with police power. That's the, that's the thing about police power. It's the most widespread uh, and kind of capacious because it's the most ill-defined. Right. You know, and that's, that's its secret. From the local town level, dude, to the state police, to the NYPD, in any tiny town, the police have power. Yeah, they can stop and you for anything. They can stop you and accuse you, and they, more than not, win. Um, and that's a problem. I mean, that's a big, big problem. So it would be nice to see some sort of reform. I don't know what that is or, or who's going to be the leader to take that on, but so help me. Uh this probably is a great segue for our our party favors. Yeah, yeah. We should, let's let's do that. Let's do that. exhausted are you exhausted i mean, i was exhausted before you started i was dreading this i mean it's good to talk about it and we need to because it's uncomfortable um I, I really thought you you really you know your, your stuff on the history of the country i mean you got to really pursue something you gotta you gotta write a book man you gotta your your take on police forcing police forces and the history of cops is it's unique and i think you need to pursue that i think people that are listening are gonna you know have the reaction i did which is like oh wow i didn't even realize that <laughs> Because it's just, if that's how this started, of course. Yeah, never... there's a lot of weird, I mean. It's so weird. I, I, I think that's my problem in when I, the, the way I think about history is that I just see so many, so much continuity. Like a, a lot right. of, a lot of historians are like, oh, this has changed. This is totally different. And, you know, that's why, you know, my book is different. And, you know, there's, it's, it's because there's been this big change. But I, when I look back, you know, the, it's nuanced, but there's a lot of like continuity. Right. Right. Um, slave patrol, 
cop patrol, <laughs> you know, cops on horses, you know, just, just looking over black people. I mean, there's just really, even on the sort of superficial level, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. The history of how nothing's changed by Amir. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd read that. Yeah. One note for, for, for decades. Um, okay. Anyway, so let's, let's do some, uh, Party favors. Yeah, I party love. Favors. I love this. Song. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because like one of them we're happy about, the other one like. Right. Oh. I know. I know. Um, right. Okay. So, the Democrat side. Okay. I'll go start. ahead. Go ahead. Go I'll ahead. go Democrat first. Okay. And then you'll go to. Okay. Here's my party favor, and and these are going to be obvious. I think our first couple ones, but somebody. I'm gonna get. It's gonna be two part. I'm gonna. It's an extension of last week, which is. Pick the fucking vice president. <laughs> okay. Pick the fucking vice yeah. president. Yeah, it's been Pick a week. The fucking vice you haven't president. done it. Amy Kobachar, gone. Remember last week I said, stop thinking about Amy fucking Kobachar. It's before I knew any of this. Mm -hmm. She could have prosecuted this, this guy. This guy. I didn't. This guy. Okay, she's toast. Yeah. She's finito. Yep, she's done. She will she never is done. be the president. She is done. Goodbye. Yep. So I gave you one week and you're still not doing anything. Woman of color, right now, mm -hmm. tomorrow. Whenever have you been so set up? And then I'm going to take it further to this week's party favor. Announce that Vice, who is a woman of color, and both of you get on a fucking plane to Minnesota tomorrow to announce it. That's my party okay. favor. That's it. That's great. I think that's right. Can I Someone's going to hire us one day. Can I just second that party favor? You can. <laughs> yeah. You can. Yeah. You know what? Because yeah. you know what? It's your birthday tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a good party favor. I think and you can second I, it. I'm just going to second it. Yeah. You're not going to do better. No, I don't think I can. I don't think Somebody's I can. Somebody's got to pay us. Yeah. And, 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 and we don't need any credit, right? Democrats? No. We, I mean, I, we actually don't. It's detrimental to you and for me, for, for us to ever talk about leadership. Just secretly call us. Right. Send us some right. DMs. We're here all we, day. We can be your consiglieres. Right? Get on a plane tomorrow. Who's yeah. running this fucking party? Who's running this fucking party? Who, I'm a college who is, dropout. Is it still Tom Perez? Is it, is it still Tom? Ugh, who cares? Yeah. Oh. Get on a plane. Get a woman of color tonight. Call her on the phone and say, hey, get on a plane. We're going to risk our lives, COVID, or get a private plane. I don't give a fuck. Get to Minnesota tomorrow. Show up and announce the vice. Right. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. Republican. Republicans. So for the Republicans, I would basically say that they, they're they kind of doing what, shockingly, um, what I would recommend them to do, which is for one moment in their lives, show a sl the slightest hint <laughs> of empathy and human feeling for somebody right. besides uh, yourself and maybe your 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 you know immediate family, um, that they they can actually recognize for a second that you know this this was a horrible injustice and it's a murder. That's it. This guy is a psychotic murderer. And you know what? I'm going to take back the psychotic. I'm not going to I'm not going to give him that. I mean, he's, he, just, a he's just a murderer. He's yeah. he's a. I, I think he, he's completely conscious actually. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, not you know, not a muddled mind in any way. He knew exactly what he's doing. You know, he's just a murderer. Um, so, I would say that keep doing that because then you can s still sort of make this argument that, which I think is a bunk argument, but but we could still try to make the argument uh, 
that we also have the same kind of goals for people that the Democrats do. We just have a different way of getting there. Yeah. Right. That, you know, we, it, it, the end goal is the same. We care about everybody and we want justice and equality and, you know, uh, individual freedoms and so on. It's just that our methods are different. Yep. Right. So they could keep up that, what I, again, what I think is a falsehood, but they could keep that up. Um, okay. My party favorite for the Republicans. Um, going off of my theme, it's an extension of, of last week. Okay. Okay. And it seems like, uh, North Carolina did push back on his bullshit a little bit with the convention. Yep. Um, so they listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Trump that I just did right there. Um, the writings on the wall that there's a, there's a more of a possibility today than there was yesterday that Trump's going to lose. I'm not saying he's going to, mm-hmm. but Today, more than the last three years, he's more likely to lose than he ever has been. He can recover, of course. Anything can happen. Um, but I would attack why he's weak. And I would say to the next Republican leader, whoever thinks they may be the next in line four years from now, whoever really thinks it, that, and we're not talking Ted Cruz or any of these phonies. Yeah. Somebody slightly unknown. Get on a plane and go to Minnesota. Show up. Stand, stand, stand with those people. Try to be the peacemaker, and risk your political risk your political future, because if if your political future is over because you do that, it was worth it. And well, and then you might have a different political future with a different party and all sorts of anything other can happen. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. bottom line is, if yeah. if I if I lose my career because I got on a plane to stand with a city. Um, that's just that just wants equal rights. Then so be it. We'll figure it out. Um, and and it would be really refreshing to to see somebody give a little bit of um, love back to the old Lincoln Republic. The you know Lincoln was a Republican. Abe Lincoln, the guy who held us together through the worst time in in the in the country. Let's see the next person that wants to try to heal heal the divide rather than push it. That'd be very impressive to me. All right. Well, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Horrible, man. Oh, it's a... You know what, though, dude? It's a good time to have your birthday because look what we're talking about right now. We're t- this kind of shit's been pushed down and repressed and hidden. And, and you know, it's it's not fun to talk about, but it's important. And we have a voice. Yeah. And, and maybe we have uh, maybe we have 500 people that are listening to this, but who cares? That's that's. 500 people's more than Jesus had in some of his, <laughs> Very some of his talks. Wow. <laughs> you just really elevated us. All right. That's a Colin Quinn ripoff right there. But, uh, you know, it's not nothing. And, and we should all be talking about this. Yeah. Even, even, you know, when it's our birthday. I, I agree. I agree. All right. No Politics at Dinner Table is produced by G. Peter Roy. Um, and we will uh, see you next week. Check us out on, uh, I guess we're back on Facebook and Instagram. We so. are. Give us a like. We're not that active, but who cares? See you next week.